0: I'm going to start with, um, if you've got your Bibles and you turn to the to the middle of your middle of your Bible, and and then turn over to the right a little bit. Uh, there's just one verse I'm going to read, so you don't don't, don't have too hard. But right in the middle of your Bible is this is this book called Song of Solomon, yeah. Song of Solomon, and and you read it if you haven't. And you know that the story is that the Jewish Jewish boys weren't allowed to read the Song of Solomon until they're over the age of 13. It was like adults only material. And you read it and you're like, what is that doing in the Bible? <laughs> like, seriously. This love this love poem. And it's quite, you know, it's quite graphic in, in a way. It it talks about boobs and all sorts of things. Sorry I said it. There you go. It's in the Bible. And um, and you're like, what's this doing in the Bible? And and on one hand, it's like the story of 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 a of a, of, a, of the love between a um, a king and his bride, the bridegroom and the bride. And and some people also see it as being an allegory of of Christ's love for the church, his bride. And there it is, right in the middle of your Bible. God doesn't make mistakes. And so there's there's just this one verse I'm gonna I'm gonna read from Song of Solomon, but I but I feel like it really just it sort of just sets the it sets the I don't know the foundation for where, we, where I feel to, to go today. It's uh, Song of Solomon 2, verse 4. He, he brought me to the banqueting house, and his banner over me was love. He brought me to the banqueting house. A banqueting play, house is a place where you go to eat, eat and drink and have fun. And his banner over me was love. If there's just one thing that... that all need to hold on to today, that I hope that I can hold on to today and go away with, is that the banner, his banner over us is love. And now we're going to uh, turn forward to uh, to Ephesians. So that's the uh, Song of Solomon, the Old Testament, half, about halfway through. <coughs> Ephesians, Ephesians 3. I'm going to read from verse, verse 14. This is Paul. Paul writing, and he goes, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. He's praying, you know, he's praying for us. That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with the with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length, and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power of work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever, and we all say, amen. Amen. Yeah, amen if you're English. Amen if you're American and Kiwi. (laughs) (laughs) Or it's <laughs> mixed up. About 15 years ago, uh, there was a song about the love of God that caused a little bit of controversy in the church, in, in some churches. And it wasn't that the song had swear words in it. I mean, church is a weird, eh? You'd think it would have controversy about swear words. And it wasn't that it had heresy. Um, it was simply this one line in the song that went, Heaven meets earth like a sloppy wet kiss, and so some of you, some of you are going, oh yeah, that's, yeah, that that one, that old one, the sloppy wet, the sloppy wet kiss song, and it's like it's this, it's this line from a John McMillan's song, how he loves, so and we sung it over and over again. Like full, full disclosure. <laughs> When we first when we first sung it here at CV, I think I was I was the one to introduce it, so I'm am t- bearing responsibility. We used the alternative line, <laughs> heaven meets earth like an unforeseen kiss, wow. the polite line, hey, unforeseen kiss. <laughs> like, like why? I mean, I was thinking about this why? <laughs> and it's I guess it's because like a, a sloppy wet kiss, it, it sounds it sounds messy, yeah. it sounds a bit awkward. Uh, it sounds uncomfortable. It sounds unpleasant. It doesn't sound godlike, and maybe, and maybe it was that um, you simply many many of us had have lost sight, lost sight of the incredible love that God has for us, and this and in this invitation to actually be lost in the profound, in the profoundly loving relationship with with our Creator. I mean. God put the Bible together, didn't he? And right in the middle, is song, 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 song of Solomon, sloppy wet kisses. So there's this bit of controversy, and uh, lots of lots of uh, churches, um, including us to start with, um, we ended up right, you know, going with unforeseen kiss. And and John Mark McMillan ended up writing a blog post around it, and you can still find it. Like if you Google sloppy wet kiss, <laughs> and don't look at the images. Um, <laughs> the sloppy wet kiss. And you'll find it, and he writes this The idea behind the lyric is that the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of earth converge in a way that is both beautiful and awkwardly messy. Think about the birth of a child, or don't think about it. I've. I've... <laughs> yeah, moving on. Or, or the death of Jesus himself. These miracles are both incredibly beautiful and incredibly sloppy. And then he has in brackets gory, may be, a, may be more realistic but heaven meets earth like a gory mess didn't seem to have the same ring (laughs) why does the church why does the church have such a problem with things being sloppy do we really think we're fooling anyone on Sunday morning especially God are we going to offend Him I mean He's seen us naked in the shower all week (laughs) don't think about that and uh, and He knows our worst thoughts and he still thinks we're awesome. Yeah. He's seen you naked, and he still thinks you're awesome. <laughs> what if we took all the energy we spent faking and used that energy to enjoy the Lord instead? Yeah. That could be revolutionary. Yeah. Okay, man, John McMillan, I love his songs. Hey, he's, 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 oh, he's amazing. So for the last couple of Sundays, we've been turning our attention to the, to the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, it's just so important in, in the Gospels and in the whole narrative of Scripture. Jesus' mission on earth was a, was a kingdom mission. He announced the kingdom, and he demonstrated the kingdom, and he said like this in Mark. Next slide. Yep. The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And Luke forth Forty-three. I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. And so people like flock to hear him. You scan through, scan through the Gospels, and like take notice of uh, like how many how many people came to Jesus, coming from all over the place. Even when Jesus was a baby you got people, you got the shepherds coming, like, I don't know what they did with their sheep, leave them behind, go find this baby. You've got the, the wise men coming from other countries, these, foreign, these foreigners that are coming to, to see the baby Jesus. And later on, when Jesus was an adult, people came to hear what he was saying, to see what he was doing. And I, and I think simply to be near him. And they might not have known it, but Jesus is God. Jesus was God. And so Jesus was God in their midst. And God is love. God's primary primary feeling towards them and towards us is love. A love that's welcoming, a love that's embracing, a love that's healing, a love that's freeing, transforming, liberating, a powerful love of God. Jesus coming is the love of God made manifest among us. Like the the Apostle John writes in, next slide, please. Yes, you're awesome, Sam. He writes this. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. And this, the love of God was made manifest among us. Which is, which is like saying well, it was shown to us, or demonstrated to us, or, or became real to us. I don't have a cold. <clears throat> In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he has loved us and sent his son to be, the big word, propitiation for our sins. I'll talk to you later. (laughs) I've got to Google it. (laughs) Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. God is love. And and Jesus coming to earth is God's love in action, God's love made manifest. He showed us how much God loves us. And, And love is relational. You might, you might think that you're full of love, and then someone comes along and you, and you push them down the stairs or whatever, probably you're not full of love, all right? You can't, you can't be loving on your own. Love is relational. What is love without relationship? And God really, really does want relationship with us, friendship with us, with you and me, me, then you. <laughs> just jokes. Bad jokes. Um, you and me. He doesn't want us to, and he doesn't want us to be his servants. He says this. He wants friendship with us. God wants to be friends. God wants to be your friend. Oh. So all these people in the gospels—they're all drawn, drawn to Jesus. And and I reckon it's because Jesus is God in the flesh. And we've seen, we've seen, and they see Jesus doing all kinds of extraordinary things: healing people, setting people free, uh, raising the dead. All that kind of thing. Easy, right? And also teaching. And then you look at the teaching, and the teaching's just hard-hitting stuff. If you, if you read Matthew 5 to 7, the sermon, one of his sermons, and he, and he said things like, if your, eye causes, if your eye causes you to sin, then it's better for you to pull your eye out or gouge your eye out. That's, that's uncomfortable, Jesus. Or um, if someone hits you on one cheek, then don't retaliate, but offer them the other cheek to hit. Love your enemies. <laughs> and then, so he says that kind of thing. And then he also says in like Matthew, uh, Matthew 11, next slide, please. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Yep. <laughs> Come to me, all who labor and are heavy burden, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Like, how many of us, <laughs> you read Jesus' teachings and instructions, and you think, that's anything but easy. <laughs> that's hard work. I mean, a, a common perception of the Bible is that this is like just a whole lot of rules. This book is heavy. It's a whole lot of rules to follow. And they're not easy and they're not light. And yet, and yet, Jesus is teaching this stuff. And he's saying things like, you know, if your eye causes you to sin, then it's better that you gouge it out. And, and like, people are still flocking to hear him. They're drawn for drawn to hear him. Don't you think that's crazy? They're not put off by what he says. <laughs> it's crazy. But then, it, but it makes perfect sense when we remember who Jesus, who Jesus is, Emmanuel, God with us, God in the flesh, and God is love. <laughs> God is love, and God desires relationship, and God desires a loving, intimate friendship with us. And if we separate that. If we separate that from any of Jesus' teachings on, on how to live or any of the teachings of the New Testament, like instructions for living in the New Testament, if we separate that from, from, from the relationship with Jesus, then what we're left with is, is empty, empty religion, which is heavy and hard and burns, out, burns us out, or worse, damages us, damages other people. Religion is religion can be a dirty word, but I reckon that religion at its best actually serves actually serves to help and enhance our relationship with the invisible God. But religion at its worst just heaps burdens, guilt, shame and leads us away from from the joyful, beautiful, free and love-filled relationship with God. Uh, how many of you, how many of you can remember the moment or the day, you know, for the for those of you who've met Jesus? How many of you can re- can remember the moment or the day that you met with Jesus and you gave your life to Him? If you can, even even now, like just go back go back to that moment and just like bring bring back to mind that moment and think about how you felt. For me, I, I, remem- I remember it well. I was uh, at primary school. I was, I was 10 years old. I had the... Um... Hang on a see, see if I can find it, the, the proof. <laughs> nah, don't worry. I was, at, I was at primary school. I was 10 years old, and I, was at, I went to an after-school program run by Open Air Campaigners, or OAC. And I gave my life, to, I gave my life to Jesus, and I, and I had the card to prove it. And I was going to show you. But it's gone missing. It's somewhere in my Bible. I know it. And <laughs> I was going to have this great joke. I'm literally a card-carrying Christian. <laughs> but I'm not because I've lost it. Um, but, but I remember walking home that day at 10 years old. No, that's not it, Ben. That's, my, that's a bookmark. I remember walking home that day with Anna and, and just feeling like I felt, felt such a deep joy and a deep happiness and a deep peace. And 34 years later, yeah, I'm 44. I know I don't look it. <laughs> I looked in the mirror yesterday. I know I, I, know I look 44. Uh, anyway, um, I still remember it. And, and, I, and, I, and I suspect it's the same for you. Like, if you think back to that moment, think back to that moment, and you go, oh, yeah, I felt, you know, what did you feel? Can, can you yell it out, actually? Like, yell out the kinds of things that you felt. Broken. I felt broken. broken. Yeah, that's that's interesting, eh? Yeah. Any anyone else? Overwhelmed. Loved, yeah. Beautiful. Awesome. Happy. Relieved. <laughs> Astonished. Because God loves you. Well, I wanted to go back to those moments because in those moments we, we've tasted the kingdom. We've tasted the kingdom of God. We've tasted the, the kingdom of heaven. That feeling in that moment is a taste of what, what heaven is like and it, and it tastes better than food. In, in Romans, I don't think I have this on the slide, but in Romans fourteen seventeen, Paul writes that the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. We meet with God, hey. Eh? And so, and when we meet with Jesus, when we when we give our lives to Jesus, we're actually we're coming into alignment with God and His kingdom, and it feels right, and it, and it feels and it feels good. Even if we're being broken, it feels good because it is God. It is good. It is good. We're becoming in those moments. We're becoming dwelling places for God. We're becoming living temples for His Spirit. And, and it's how we're meant to be. It's, it's how the Creator, it's how God designed us. Uh, like uh, Tessa and I, um, we've, got a, we've got a little Toyota Corolla, and it's designed to be filled with 91 octane. <laughs> and if you fill it with the wrong thing, uh, I heard, uh, apparently something bad happens. I haven't done it. And we, and just like, yeah, like our Toyota Corolla, like we are, we're designed to be filled with the Spirit of God. Des- that's how we're designed. So when we give our lives to Him, we're actually coming into how things are, me- how things are meant to be. There's this alignment. In one John four sixteen, I don't think I have this up up there either. But you know, God is love. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in Him. So when we when we give our life lives to Jesus, he, he comes to live in us, and He comes to reveal His love, love for us. And these people, when the Gospels, they're, they're flocking to hear Jesus. And they're drawn to Him because of who He was and still is. And it, like this love like draws them. And, uh, and, they're, and they're finding out, how do you live? Just how do you live daily in the light of, of a loving relationship with, with God? How do you, how do you daily come into, into that place, that place of alignment with, with God? And Jesus' teachings are like that. They, they, they are firmly embedded in, in the relationship with God, a loving relationship, a friendship. So you, you can sometimes think of it like our earthly relationships. Like think about it like, like marriage. If you are married, if, if you're not married, then take my word for it. When you get married, you, you make vows to one another. You make these vows, and, and there, there are expectations of, of how are you going to live now that you're married? You, you say that you love each other, but how does that love play out? You know, uh, I'm not going to let anything, I'm going to try my best to not let anything get in the way um, of my relationship with Tessa, because I love her. I'm not going to let anyone or anything, I'm going to try my best not to let anyone or anything not to get in, in the way. I'm going to treat her right. Tessa's at home. I'm going I'm to treat her right. I'm going to protect her. I'm going to care for her. I'm going to try to demonstrate my love for her in all kinds of ways. I'm going to try to learn how to love her. And, and I'm, still, I'm still learning, and I know I don't get it right all the time, but I'm still learning in all kinds of ways. I'm going to, I'm going to try to learn. I'm going to, I'm going to try to serve her. And it's not because I'm, I'm Tessa's servant. It's not because I'm her servant. But it's because I love her. I was, I was thinking about this yesterday when... Um, When I was changing uh, Eli's pooey nappy, Uh, I don't like changing pooey nappies, as some of you might. Um, (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) And I don't do it. um, I don't do it because I'm Eli's servant. I do it because I, I love him. And I don't think about it. I don't go, oh, I love you so much, Eli, so I'm going to change your nap. But you just do it. <laughs> just yeah. do it. You're, I just serve him out of love. And, and, and so, but if I, if I try to separate those things, or if somehow that happens, I, and I, you know, whatever, like my, my somehow that relationship is broken between me and Eli or, or me and Tessa, and then I'm trying, I try to do these things with, without, without love, then it, something goes wrong. Then they become jobs to do. Resentment creeps in and rather than this natural and, and natural and intentional actions of, of someone in love so we, so thinking about the kingdom of God what is it what is it that drives or motivates god's kingdom what is it that fuels god's kingdom if if God were a tyrant then the answer might be something like like power or control. He just wants to, he wants to control people. He wants power over people. It might be greed. And, and we see enough of that in the world, eh? Daily, we see enough of that. If God has self-esteem problems, then maybe, maybe what fuels and motivates the kingdom of God is, 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 is like trying to prove himself, trying to look awesome. And we see quite a lot of that in the world as well, don't we? But, but God is not a tyrant, and God doesn't need to prove himself. <laughs> God is love. <laughs> love is what motivates God and his action towards us. And love is the reason why Jesus came to earth, came to the world in the first place. Love is the motivation and the purpose of Jesus' mission to earth. Love is the fuel of God's, God's kingdom. The kingdom of God is motivated by love. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of love. remember that, that song I was talking about at the start. Heaven meets earth like a sloppy wet kiss. My heart turns violently inside of my chest. I don't have time to maintain these regrets when I think about the way. And, and as we begin and as we allow ourselves to start seeing things through that lens, then, then things like the, the Bible uh, becomes, starts making sense in a, in a profoundly uh, good way. <laughs> it starts coming together in a way that will that will really help us propel really help propel us to do the things that Jesus taught to be disciples walking in line with him i like thinking about i like thinking about being agents of god's kingdom kingdom agents like like secret agents but agents who agents who live in god's love agents who abide in god's love and are motivated by God's love for all humanity. We're of this world. No, wait, the other way around. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. So, so when Jesus announced and when Jesus demonstrated that the kingdom of God was near, he goes, oh, it's, you know, it's at hand, and if you stretch out your arm as far away as you can, your hand's still pretty close to your way. My, uh, the kingdom of God's at hand, and, and, he, and, he, and, he, and he said that it's here, the kingdom of God is here. And he healed people of sickness, and he delivered people of demons, and he, and he fed thousands of people, and he raised people from, from, who were dead. He raised them from the dead to life, and he just so much more. It, Jesus was demonstrating. That's who he is. He was just being who he is. He was demonstrating the powerful, furious, passionate love of God for people, for us. And, and it was warfare but it was not a war against people. It was not even a war against the people that opposed Jesus. But, his, but the war was against the enemy. And the war was against the bondage that, that people were under. You and me, under the bondage of sin and death. The kingdom of God, in its essence, in its essence I believe, is a, is, a, is a love story. It's a story of God's unstoppable, powerful, relentless love for us. And the trajectory, the tra- I love this word, but I always find it hard to say, trajectory, trajectory. I came across my, um, my school reports yesterday. Yeah, that's, that's where I found my, the card that proves I'm a Christian. And I came across my school reports from J1 or J2, which is like five or six. And it said that I spoke too fast and I, I slurred my speech <laughs> when I get excited. That's what happens. It all comes out in a big mush. The trajectory. And so I went to elocution, and and she taught me how to speak properly. The trajectory of the kingdom of God. (laughs) The trajectory of the kingdom of God story is towards a future where God's presence fills the earth, where the earth is filled with the glory of God. It says this in Numbers 14, 21. A future where we will... We will, we will know, we will see, we will feel the immediacy of God himself uh, with us, the immediacy of God's presence. And we get to taste of that today. Tom Wright, uh, he, he, Tom Wright writes this. He says, it always takes an act of enormous grace, overcoming enormous resistance for God's dwelling to be set up on earth. It is, after all, the kingdom struggle, the agony through which God's kingdom arrives. In other words, God himself arriving as king on earth as it is in heaven. And later on he writes, The idea of God dwelling in the midst of his people was always an advanced signpost to God's eventual goal, that his presence will flood the whole world. Kingdom agents, you and me, we're agents of God's love to know His love, and from that place to, to love others. If we and if we separate love <laughs> from the things, if we separate love from the things that we do for the King and His kingdom, then, then we ended up we end up doing damage to ourselves, and we and we and to others potentially to others. And so there's a warning: take care. We've got to take care not to separate the kingdom from relationship. Doing the stuff of the kingdom without friendship with God, without abiding in God, it leads to all kinds of breaking, the worst kinds of religion that I spoke about before, the worst aspects of religion. Instead, we're called to seek first, seek first as kingdom. And I, and I think he says seek first as kingdom because the kingdom is where the king is. Kingdom agents are kingdom lovers because we love the king. And from that place of meeting with him and dwelling in him, from there we can discover how to live love like the king. Can you put the uh, last slide up? We're up to the last slide already. John, I reckon John says it best. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because he is also, because as he is also, because as he is, so also are we in this world. Is, I stumbled over that sentence because, you know, I feel like it's you know, almost like the Lord drawing, drawing my attention to it. Because as he is, so also are we in this world, as Jesus is. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he does not, he does not love his brother whom he has seen. For he who, is, he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God. Whom he has not seen. In this commandment we have from him: Whoever loves God must also love his brother. Today I had just had the sense of almost like God's invitation to to come to come into that place of of meeting of meeting with him again. I keep thinking about it. the story of of Mary and Martha. I spoke about it I think a few weeks ago, how how, how, Martha, how Mary was just simply sitting at the feet of Jesus, in the presence of Jesus, in the presence of love. And meanwhile, Martha, she was she was busy serving, um, not realizing that it was God here. He is our portion, God in, in, in the room. And she didn't need to serve him. He was looking for friendship. And I feel like today uh, there's this invitation to um, to meet with God, and it might even be an invitation. You might be meeting with God for the very first time, and you might go, "Yeah, I want I want to come into alignment with Him for the first time. I want Jesus to fill my tanks," or or you might be worn out on religion. You've you've tasted. Religion at its worst. And you're like, that taste is not so good. And you go, Jesus, I need to taste your love. Or you might want to taste the kingdom in the sense of, you know, the obvious things that Jesus was doing, demonstrating the kingdom, healing, Setting people free, releasing joy and love and peace. So we're just going to just going to spend some time um, waiting for him. And um, and if it's all right to to play to, to play some music, um, we'll move move some things out of the way. And, and if you want to, um, in a moment we'll we'll, we'll stop and we'll, we'll stand and pray. And and I'll invite you forward. And if you you know if you want prayer for prayer this morning, then then don't. Don't don't um, don't miss this chance, eh? Like it's a chance to meet with God. So do you want to stand and, and we'll pray? And um, I don't know, I don't know where where you're at, but I know where I'm at, and I'm like, Lord, I just want to meet, I just want to meet with God. At any moment, whether it's here, here at CV with with you guys, whether it's at my at my other job at university, whether I'm walking around with a crying baby at night, you know, on the train, wherever it is, I just want to meet with you, Lord. So, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, we we just come we come before you today. Knowing that somehow we're we're in your presence, you, you say that that we're we're seated with you in heavenly places. Somehow we're in your presence. And we might feel, we might feel it or we might not. We might be far away or we might feel close. But Lord, would you would you draw us a little closer? Would you take us a little deeper? Lord, I I believe that you're wanting to mark our church not just our church but the but the church all around our and all around the all around the world you want to mark you want us to be marked with love love our love for one another and our love for you Lord and lord we would you give us a taste another taste of your kingdom today and pour out your love upon us Lord come holy Spirit come holy Spirit you might want to if, if that's um you know something you want you might want to sort of have a posture with even with your body of "I I want to receive your love like you might you know I like putting out my hands and all that kind of thing you might put your hand on your heart or on your head or you might not want to do anything you might want to sit down like kneel that's all good just relax oh oh we know that there's more so would holy spirit would you come even this morning here in the room or in the rooms of people that are that are tuning in online let your spirit come let your spirit come today